0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Gruner and I will be your host. And of course, I have your friend and mine, Blake Creamer, with me. Blake, how are we feeling today?
1: Well, I'm a little salty. I mean, uh, yeah, Nate and I were just gabbing off air here. Um, I'm, I'm in a couple finals here for fantasy playoffs. And in one of the finals, I'm going to lose by plus minus. What the hell is happening? Plus minus, what a stupid stat! Oh my god, these guys are getting pluses, skating to the bench, and I'm losing a fantasy league. This is some this is <laughs> some bull crap right here. But uh, that's fine. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little salty. We got some stuff going on, but uh, th- this is this is my therapy right here, Nate. So and and just to confirm, am, am I really your buddy? Yeah, that's what I said. I said oh. it right up front. I said your friend and mine. It's, that makes me feel official. really good all right that's a, oh my god that's a verbal contract right there and this is verbal being recorded contract. so yes yeah, we confirmed <laughs> we're buddies that's they no taxi backsies
0: oh man yeah i'm unfortunately uh, i kind of pared down my leagues a little bit i'm only in three leagues plus one one uh dynasty league as well but three redraft leagues this year and i am only i'm Looking good for a title. I don't want to jinx anything right now, but I am up uh, pretty big uh, in the We Call Ourselves Experts Keeper League that you may have heard uh, Hutch and Binksy talk about a fair bit as well. I'm looking like I'm going to take down that title. Um, I got to the semifinals in Kakufel in Tier 3, which looks like I'm going to be advancing to Tier 2 there for next year, which is pretty exciting. And then in the Apples and Junos Patron League, I made playoffs but lost in the first round by, I think it was a shot shot on goal and an assist or something kept me uh, from advancing there. So it was a pretty tight matchup, but... Lost out there in the first round of the playoffs. So made playoffs across the board, uh, which is always the goal, obviously. But uh, looks like only one title this year, which is which is fine. Like as long as I'm I'm taking one <laughs> title, I think I should probably be happy with that. But you're yeah, an absolute legend. Oh thinking. my
1: God! What what happened in the A and G league in your in your last matchup for that fifth place matchup? I don't know what happened there. there I a... don't know. I I yeah. You know, that's, I don't that's, really that's, pay it's... attention
0: to the fifth place matchup. Is that really a yeah, thing? But like, people uh, be... <laughs> allegedly? I don't know. Yeah, that's
1: that's. <laughs> Five.
0: I may have been beaten by this guy who calls himself Dingle, dude. I don't know who that guy could be. But, the dingler. Uh...
1: That's right. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Actually, Nate did a funny strategy. No G, not zero. G. Yeah, just just no yeah. G whatsoever. And uh, it o- it almost worked. So, you know, we, we might w- we might have another article, uh, you know, c- coming from Nate here. Just a just a radical <laughs> new strategy. Just don't even draft the goalie. There you go. That's zero. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, zero. we'll we'll you know, we'll test that out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we got toronto dave in the chat hitting us with some hockey plane emojis it says he is a witness to our friendship so we have this uh signed in confirmed by a witness now blake oh, so that's even sleep okay, easy but, tonight
1: uh, exactly you know what it's that just gives me a warm fuzzy it just you know what this is going to be the best podcast ever all right i mean <laughs> you know even better than it already is that's what we're talking about all so. right okay well,
0: as always, we are definitely going to look at some players who have been performing well and some who have per- been performing poorly. Try to make sense of that performance thus far. But first, as always, we are going to play Two Truths and a Lie, everyone's favorite game. So actually, I didn't even put in the the uh, season standings here. I think we're tied. Is that right? Three three, t- it's,
1: it's three three. Yeah, this is this is crazy. And this, we're you know coming what? Coming down to it, game seven is that what absolutely. this is? This is almost more important to me than the fantasy leagues. I mean, you know what? <laughs> people, people should do podcasts based on our two truths and a lie. I think just just <laughs> study that, you know, because mm-hmm. this is some real stuff going on here. So you know, let's let's get this. absolutely. Biz. All right, so two truths and a lie.
0: I've got the ball this week. I'm asking the questions. And this is the Yahoo preseason ADP edition. So I collected ADP data, that's average draft position data, from Yahoo and ESPN at the start of the season, so I could do some studies on it and whatnot at the end of the year here and see how players performed and whatnot. So I've got that data, and I thought I might as well put it to use for our Two Truths and a Lie segment here. So I've got three kind of either-or questions for you. Number one. Noah Hannafin had a higher ADP on Yahoo than Charlie McAvoy, meaning he was being on, drafted on average earlier than Charlie McAvoy this offseason. Number two, Rope Hintz had a higher ADP than Anze Kopitar. And number three, Logan Thompson had a higher ADP than Jordan Bennington. Talk us through it, Blake. Talk us through what you're feeling. Talk us through what you're thinking. Let, it, let the people know which way this <laughs> is going to go.
1: Game seven. I love it. You know what? This, you're, this is actually giving me a false sense of security. I'm a little bit more nervous for this because ADP is something that I, I did so many mock drafts in the, in the preseason. It was insane. Like I, really? I would do probably two to five every day. Every day at work. All right? uh, well, I, on my break. Never uh, well. Yeah, never, never either. well. I'm getting paid. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, th- so I feel good about this, but that's kind of giving me some pause here. So anyways, let's get into it here. Noah Hannafin, uh, Calgary flames defenseman, higher ADP than Charlie McAvoy. Uh, McAvoy did start the season, uh, injured. So that obviously affected his ADP. He had a, a great season prior. So that was kind of a nice, I actually drafted uh, McAvoy in a bunch of spots and stashed him and it, it worked out pretty good. Um, not so much in, anymore, but these guys taking rest days for God's sake, what the hell are you doing? It's the fantasy playoffs. You ding dong. Um, all right. Number two, Rupe Hints higher ADP than Anze Kopitar. Rupe Hints, fun fact, uh, Nate auto-drafted Rupe Hints uh, <laughs> as his second overall pick, uh, is his second overall pick. So not the second overall pick, but, uh, you know, I think that probably worked out pretty well for you, didn't it, Nate?
0: It was all right. But uh, there were definitely I went back and looked and I think uh, Matt to Chuck
1: went right after that. So I uh, could have that's, been better. <laughs> yeah, that's painful. I, I was uh, actually um, yeah, I was watching that thing. And I was talking about it. And um, I couldn't believe it when Nate drafted Rupe Hints. I was like, "Uh, it, am I am I so out of touch? You know what I mean? Like it made me question myself as a fantasy analyst. I'm like, is, <laughs> am I missing something here? I don't know. So, but it was an auto draft. So, you know, fair mistake. That's yep. happens um, to the best of us. It absolutely does. Um, Logan Thompson, higher ADP than Jordan Bennington, uh, Logan Thompson at the start of the year, there was hype around him because of the Vegas goalie situation. So, um, yeah, he, I, I think I know which the answer is, but we'll see. Um, Jordan Bennington. You know, he, they're probably close. Um, but I think the lie is number one. Noah Hannafin had a higher ADP than Charlie McAvoy. Um, because I think I remember Anze Kopitar being being much lower than I thought. Hints was too, but I think he was higher than Kopitar. And Logan Thompson, because of the hype in Vegas, I thought he was getting drafted higher than Jordan Bennington. Number one's the lie. Book it. Let's see what's going on here. Come on.
0: Well, game seven, it was a close game. Hard fought finish right to the end. There is great effort from both sides in this particular contest. But uh number two is the lie, Rupe hints oh, had a lower ADP
1: than Anze so. Oh my god. See, that's <laughs> what you mess with you double you double negative to me with the with a thing that I really know. So oh my goodness. Rupe hints lower than Anze Kopitar. What was the numbers? Uh
0: I can pull that up for a second. Oh god, don't Rope worry Rupe hints. Oh, there you go. 134 average position of 134 and Anze Kopitar where is he at here oh man he was way higher oh not way higher there he is 127 so they're about six picks wow. apart
1: okay that's crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty much the opposite. I knew it was going to be close on that, but I thought it was the opposite. Noah Hannafin yeah. higher than McAvoy. Jeez. I guess McAvoy, yeah. People, a lot of people were taking him with their last pick, kind of stashing him, thinking he was going to be out. Yeah, like-
0: they were worried about the injury for sure uh, with McAvoy, and he got dropped a fair bit. He definitely was a value by the by this ADP anyway. Uh, not in the, not necessarily in the leagues that I was drafting in, but uh, his ADP was 136, and Hannafin was going up at I thought I had it up there is 126
1: that's what she said so (laughs) it was I don't know
0: (laughs) it was pretty uh pretty interesting to look back on I think I'd definitely like to actually do this as an off-season exercise which is another reason I kind of introduced it here in two truths and a lie I do think it'll be pretty interesting to look back and think about um, yeah, these ADPs and what we were thinking going into the drafts. Obviously, we had um, some issues with these ADPs even at that time that we were talking yeah. about uh, all through draft season. So it's not a gospel that this is where everyone was valuing these players, but it's still interesting data to look back and, uh, and think about. We got Toronto Dave saying reverse psychology, Nate Sneaky like that. You've got to be, yeah, man. Yeah. When it's game seven, you've got to pull out all the stops. So, Absolutely. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Congratulations to you. You're the better man. You're, you're very attractive. <laughs> I'm not so good looking. All right. Let's agree on that. <laughs> uh, congratulations to you. All right. But I will be back.
0: All right, and we got Mr. C, the fantasy hockey professor, in here as well. I think he's saying agreed. Uh, it's definitely not something that came through prior to you saying that I'm more attractive. So I'm I'm sure that's what. No, he's well, that's to. let's agree <laughs>
1: on that as well. That, that Mr. C, yeah. come on, let's you know give him some give him some love there.
0: <laughs> oh man! Well, before this gets sidetracked any further, I think we better dive into it. Blake, you ready for performing well?
1: I'm ready, buddy. Let's get to it. All right, tops
0: of the charts. David Perron. we got to talk Mm -hmm. about David Perron. All of a sudden, terrible season, quite honestly. All season long, pretty much, in Detroit Uh, this year. Definitely not what they thought they were getting with him. But, you know, last five games, four goals, three assists, seven points. Had a hat-trick game uh, earlier this week. He's getting, you know, around 17 and a half minutes average time on ice. Are we all of a sudden back in on David Perron? Is he back? What do we think, Blake?
1: yeah i mean david perron he, he's i think th- this season kind of played out the way i thought it was going to play out like um i don't know i'm not back in on him but he's probably pissing a lot of people off with his with his hot play right now because you know i know um i was in a matchup where somebody picked up david perron and you're like what are you doing and then the guy pops off you know what i mean so i i think it, he's just not a guy I've, I've been impressed with i think he's um he's kind of an opportunistic guy and he's taking advantage of his deployment right now. I believe he's playing on the, their top line there with Larkin and uh, Kubalik, I think so. And obviously, you know, his power play performance, uh, we all know him for that, but yeah, it's just, it's just getting hot at the right time, you know, in Detroit, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know they're they're playing hard so i don't know the david Perron's not a guy i'm super interested in and and again with these takes that i'm gonna sort of give for this podcast here we we have to look ahead for for next week right this is you know probably you know the last week week 25 in in most leagues like if you're playing mm-hmm. the, the latest you're probably playing is week 25 right so um unless you're going into the next week which whatever but for week 25 david perron plays three games they're all in the heavy nights you know, he's just not a player I'm interested in. I think he's going to be a drop. You're not going to be able to fit him in on those nights. But if you pick him up for week 24, bang, you're loving life. This might be a guy that you're going to overvalue next season because you're like, yeah, he won me my, you know, won me my right. matchup. But yeah, I'm just, it, this is not a guy I'm excited about. I mean, I'm looking at some of these advanced statistics here as well. Like, he's, he, he's, it's nothing to write home about, right? His sh- his shot percentage over the last five games is 40. percent right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's not sustainable, right? But good for him. I mean, 50 points on the season. It, you said it's a bad season for him, but like, I don't know, that seems reasonable to me for Perron on this team. I think, you mm-hmm. know, if you drafted him in a season long league, you're, you're probably happy with 50 points, a 20 goal season. I don't know. I don't know. What's your take there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think seven points in his last five games to get him to 50 points is kind yeah, there of coloring you go. <laughs> our perception of it a little bit, but, um, yeah, I guess if you solely look at the season-long numbers. Uh, Perhaps this is what we should have expected from Perron. Definitely had some bigger seasons of late in St. Louis, Um, but maybe this is what we should have expected all along from Perron. I'm not super excited about Perron moving forward. Um, I don't think that the schedule lends itself all that well to him moving forward either. I think there's probably going to be somebody that you're better off rostering, Um, but one thing that I will say about this week 25 schedule, if that's indeed what you're playing, it's over the next two weeks, basically here, your matchup will be over the next two weeks and there'll be lots of games and uh, lots of really heavy nights in Mm. these up in this upcoming weeks. And the light nights are very light. So there's not a lot of teams that play multiple off nights. Um, So it's really just a situation where, You're probably just playing your best players on a lot of these heavy nights, and you're going to end up with people on your bench no matter how well you try to stream around it. You're probably going to end up with a fair number of sit-start decisions rather than streaming decisions uh, in the upcoming week here. And David Perron, for me, is a guy that He's going to be right there at the bottom of the lineup when I'm actually thinking about making a drop or making a move. I would not expect this to keep up. It's nice that he's hot. Um, if you're, if he's still going to be in your lineup and you don't have to uh, make any moves to get more people onto the off nights and uh, try to stream what you can, then definitely you can hang on to Peron. Um Definitely the hot streak is one reason alone to keep him. But in terms of the schedule, in terms of what we see moving forward, uh, I'm not that into David Perron. I think this is a little bit of an aberration, and probably his season pace prior to this is a little bit more of the reality of the situation in Detroit, in my mind. We got Mr. C saying that uh, going back to our agreed, uh, it wasn't that he was agreeing that I was the more good looking, but uh, apparently he was just agreeing with the idea of continuing to do two truths
1: and a lie. See, so you I know guess what he he- our segment. He didn't really clarify, though. I mean, he didn't say he didn't agree with that, Nate. So I think that that's you know true. we we can take that for you know what it's worth, right? <laughs> right, Mister C. Come on, give me a thumb, give me a thumbs up on there. All right, that's fine. <laughs> all right.
0: While we're waiting for that, let's keep going and talk about Sammy Blay, who has been pretty spectacular the last little bit here. Uh, seven points in his last yeah. five games. Only one goal, but six assists. Skating close to sixteen minutes a night. You know, he's on the one of the power play units in, over there in St. Louis, and St. Louis has kind of had a little bit of a bounce back over the last little bit. Once they stopped having any pressure on them, I guess, they kind of had a bounce back and mm-hmm. able to play maybe fast and loose with that. But, um, yeah, definitely a guy who throws a body around, and the points were there the last little bit. Are you continuing to roster, Blake, if you've picked him up, Blake, or should we uh, be kicking him to the curb even with this hot streak?
1: Get him out of my sight. All right. No, just, just kidding. Uh, I call this man Sammy Blaze. I don't think that's how you pronounce it, but I call him Blaze <laughs> because I like to call him Blazer. Blazer. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at with that. Um, yeah. This, this guy's been nice. I remember probably like two weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago, someone's like, I just picked up Sammy Blaze. Like, is this a good move? I'm like, No. What the hell are you doing? Like, no. Why? Why would you do that? It's a wasted move. And then this guy pops off for like a ridiculous amount of hits and points. And, you know, so that, that's nice. Like, I, I think this guy's a valuable player, especially in category league, Sammy Blay. But, I mean, even in his hot streak, so he's got five, what is it, five assists over his last uh, five games, right? So that's nice. But he's got four shots in those five games. That's not nice. You know what I mean? And his deployment's not good enough to hold through that. Like, and if you look at his season numbers, he's only, he's shooting like one shot, like averaging one shot per game. That's not going to cut it. My man. All right. This guy, he, he's a bit of a beefer, right? This guy's a cat's league guy, definitely. But in a points league, I'm not rostering Sammy Blay. That, that makes no sense. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's, he's just one of those guys. He got hot at the right time. Um, you know, moving forward with the schedule, um, just looking at St. Louis here, like they, they've got five games up to the end of the season with one off night. Are you going to hold Sammy Blay? I don't think so. All right. Sorry, Blazer. Thank you for your service. Now get the hell out of my sight, all right? I, and is he getting power play time, Nate? I, I think he might get like uh, he might get the 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 scraps, you know, um on power play yep. 2 there.
0: Yeah, so he has been getting uh in on some power play time last game. You're right. Uh last game is only it looks like uh a minute or so of power mm. play time that he got into they've been rotating the units a little bit around there um it's something they do a fair bit over in yep. st louis but um yeah i overall like regardless power play time or not i'm not i'm right there with you i'm not into it uh he's really just been on a hot streak it's been a bit of a flash in the pan in my opinion he's not really done anything in the past to make us think that this could be a breakout of some kind Uh, Really just looks like a hot streak. The underlying stats are pretty atrocious, to be quite honest. So overall, not about it. I think that uh, he's just as likely to score zero points in the next week as he is to keep up this hot streak. So that's my take on the Blaze Man. Blazer. Let's keep rolling. Another guy that everyone knows by name is Noah Greger. (laughs) That household Uh, name. That household name Noah Gregor, who has four goals and three points for seven, uh, four goals and three assists, I should say, for seven points in his last five games. He's doing that in just over 14 and a half minutes' time on ice. So, definitely not a guy who's getting a ton of time. But yeah, Noah Gregor. this is a name apparently that we need to take note of. He did have a hat trick the other night, uh, which obviously contributed to him making this list here. Now, Obviously, this is a situation where there's lots of opportunity here uh, Mm -hmm. for someone to get up in the lineup and make a little bit of hay while the sun shines, so to speak. Are we interested whatsoever in this guy or not really at all?
1: Um, You know, anytime someone gets a hat trick, I think you have to take notice, right? Like San Jose is slim pickings. Right. They, they're just, they're just, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks right at this point. And, you know, mm-hmm. Noah Gregor right now is getting some deployment with Nico Sturm and Kevin LeBanc. So, okay. That's, that's as far as San Jose goes, that's nice. I mean, <laughs> look at the other lines for God's sake. I mean, you know, um, so, okay. And he's getting power play too. He's centering power play too. So I, I don't know. He's obviously taking advantage of his opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing I like about, uh, Noah Greger and uh, like, granted, this is just a pure streamer, right? So this like San Jose over the, till the rest of the season here from week 25 on, they've got six games. Um, I think one off night. So, but they play like a killer's row, you know, they're playing Colorado twice, Edmonton, a bunch of other teams. Like, you know, it's, it's not good, right? It's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if you're in a deep league, like let's say you're in Cupful or like 14 team league like that. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe this is an option there, or, or but I mean, you're, it's, you're, you're, you're basically just, it's, it's a Hail Mary, right? Like if you can call Noah Gregor to like do something for you, like congrats to you. Like I want to listen to your podcast. All right. Because this, this is not uh, like th- this guy's, you know, he's taking advantage of his, of his situation here. Right. But I mean, last season in San Jose, 23 points in 63 games. He's got 14 points in 51 games this year with a whopping 12 minutes and 51 seconds time on ice average what the hell are we doing? All right. This is, this is the kind of season it has been actually in fantasy. Noah Gregor. Yeah. We're, we're talking about Noah Gregor because he actually got a hat <laughs> trick and he has like seven points in his last five games. What the hell? So, you know, up is down, left is right. Noah Gregor's is uh, the superstar of the league. But, uh, you know, I mean, they play six games. So, you know, if you can, if it makes sense for your team, this guy should be on your radar. He just got a hat trick. Let's see what he does in the next game. It's it's kind of like a, a work in progress, right? Because the end of the season and it doesn't matter in San Jose. They can do whatever they want. They can feed this guy minutes and it doesn't matter.
0: Yep. Yeah, I don't think that there's too much to see here with Gregor. For sure, it was definitely a, a bit of an aberration to see that one game. But he has been a little bit productive of late. I will say Gregor is a guy who's shown up for me just in terms of being up and around 10 shots per 60 pretty much throughout his career. Nice. Um, This year, uh, up over 10 individual scoring chances for per 60 as well for the first time. So he's actually kind of shown some linear improvement year over year in terms of his scoring chances. Um, Rate, but he's never gotten many minutes, and never really been on our radar because he's never gotten any minutes. Uh, so we haven't really had the opportunity to see if he can sustain that with more minutes, right? And see if he can sustain that higher up the lineup. So, um, yeah, until until he's really on the top power play, playing with Thomas Hurdle, um, you know, doing something that gives us a little more life to his profile Uh, you know 17 minutes probably you need to see from him then I'm not really interested Um, that being said if he did get to that point if the lines were shaken up he gets on top power play then I would have some interest just because I have seen that the underlying stats have been good historically throughout his career so um, yeah it's not somebody that's a nobody to me it's somebody whose name has come up as I've been perusing stats but just in a You know, if this guy ever got the minutes, the 17 plus minute mark or whatever you want to say, then I would have some interest uh, depending on how he was performing with those minutes. So nice to see him have a hot streak. If that turns into more minutes, then I would have some passing interest. But yeah, probably only in the very deepest of leagues for sure. Let's keep going. Let's talk about Casey Middlestat. So, Casey Middlestat is now the top line center with Tage Thompson absent in the last game. We'll see, obviously, the status of Thompson. I haven't seen anything today on what they're projecting for him moving forward. I will say that I do expect Buffalo to kind of fade uh, out of that wild card race. They're they have to leapfrog some teams and it's a really tough road to hole as it is. But, you know, one more win for another team and one more loss for them. And it's pretty much curtains on the season at this point. So I do expect that Tate Thompson does get shut down at some point. The Sabres actually do have a really interesting schedule in the second part of this week 25 matchup that we're talking about. They're the only team that plays four games in the second week. Um, and they're probably on nights that you're actually going to be able to fit them in. So Middlestat might be a guy, if he is, does continue to get this deployment, that I'd be interested in solely because of that deployment. Are you seeing what I'm seeing with Middlestat here? Um, how how would you approach it for this week upcoming? Is it just a watch list guy for this week and then think about him for the second week? How would you approach it here with Middlestat, Blake?
1: I like that actually. I mean, the good thing is Casey Middlestat is rostered at four percent on Yahoo, so no one's taking a ride on the Casey train right now. Okay, there he's out there, right? People are sleeping on this man, but yeah, like his his stats show out. At least his his actual stats show out. I mean, you know, seven seven points in the last four, all assists, right, buddy? Can you shoot the puck? Can you shoot the GD puck? All right, come on, man. What? What? You know, but he doesn't have to. It like Alex Tuck is going out of his mind. Um, right now. So that's nice. Um, You know, he's like, this guy's like Sammy Blay, but he doesn't hit like, wait, like, (laughs) you know, uh, that's not, that's not even fair. Casey Middlestad has offensive acumen. No question. Sammy Blay is just a beaver. So, um, you know, this is a good situation for Middlestad. I mean, people have been waiting on this guy to kind of show out offensively and it hasn't really happened. You know, the best pace he's ever had, you know, besides his first season where he played six games is like 44 points, a 44 point pace. And this year he's on pace for 54. So that's great. I mean, with the, with seven points in his last four, right. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's got 16 power play points on the season. That's nice. And with Tage out, I think you, you, you nailed it there. Like, what, what are they going to rush Tage back for? Like if, you know, if, and when they get bumped from the, from the wild card here, it's, it's middle stat show. They're going to go out, they're going to play light and, and he's going to get the show out. And I, I think it's a nice pickup, especially in that second week of, of week three. Uh, 25 right that makes total sense but for for the first half it's three games all on busy nights I don't think anyone's rushing to the wire to pick up Casey Middlestad so you know maybe a sneaky pick on like a Sunday night you know at uh, on the first half there and you and you get him in for that those four games in the back half
0: yep yeah I think that's probably the way that I would play it um, yeah Middlestad is not someone who excites me he doesn't do a lot of the things that I really want from the players that I'm interested in he's not a big-time shooter Uh, On the season, just under six shots per 60, so nowhere near that 10 shots per 60 mark that I'm interested in. He's actually taken a step back this year in terms of Mm -hmm. his shots per 60, uh, which is not something I want to see. His on-ice stats have gone up, but Buffalo as a team has obviously been a lot more offensive this year. Had some uh, breakouts from a lot of their players, which have probably contributed to that from Middlestat. So overall, Middlestat himself is not a player that I'm super excited about, but I do think that Anybody playing with Skinner and Tuck and on the top power play yeah. there is someone I would be interested in, and especially for that second week. So I do think that's the way I would play it. I'm not really interested in rostering Middlestat through this week. You know, who knows? Thompson comes back Middlestad himself gets injured there's any number of ways that a stream right. like that could go wrong where you pick him up this week for the intention of next week basically and it all goes haywire and then you've wasted your ad so middlestat is not someone that's such a priority for me that I have to go get him right now but he is somebody that I think would be a priority player for the following week just because of that Buffalo schedule uh assuming obviously that Thompson will end up sitting out for that second week so yeah I think that's the way
1: to play it with middlestat there yeah. Makes total sense to me. And uh, before we get to this question, Nate, I just wanted to say what a great stat that is that shots on goal per 60. I, I really like on, based on your recommendation, I, I follow that like pretty, uh, pretty tightly now. And and it makes a difference. Like that is a great stat to look at uh, on national mm-hmm. uh, natural stat trick. Like it really does help predict like, Shots are so important, right? You can't score if, yeah. if you don't shoot. You can't get rebounds if you don't shoot, right? Like the guys that are that are pumping these shots on net, these are the guys you want to target, especially when you're going into your drafts next year. Like that should be something you look at a whole season of shots on goal per 60 and see who's around that 10 shot mark. It's, it's really key. It's something I'm so glad I, I learned this year because uh, now I'm kicking ass. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's definitely a great stat. And then what I use, you obviously hear me all the time talking about shots for 60 and individual scoring chances for per 60. The shots for 60 is kind of the volume there. And then the individual scoring chances for per 60, I kind of use as a quality chance indicator, right? Uh, Indicates to me like some, some guys have, Tons of shots for 60, but they don't have very much in terms of scoring chances for. So that kind of tells me, you know, they're just kind of long range bombers or whatever you want to say, like defensemen. Typically, they'll have they can have decent shots for 60, but they're not going to have huge individual scoring chances for per 60 marks just because of the by virtue of the position they play. So if you have guys like that, then you kind of get a sense like maybe this guy isn't somebody we should expect to be a high percentage shooter. But the guys who combine the high shots per 60 and the high individual scoring shades is 4 per 60. Those are guys that you can really think about as a potential breakout candidate or something like that. So definitely the two metrics that I look at the most for individual player projection. All right, let's get this question from Mr. C. How many goalies are you guys rostering this time of year? Has Shesty ottinger and Sorokin, and i'm thinking about dropping one at some point to get skaters on light days good idea blake thoughts on the goalie conundrum here
1: yeah it's interesting um what i've i've kind of leaned into a strategy in a lot of my leagues and um and these are category leagues and it's punting wins i i don't try and get wins um but i try and find goalies that give me you know Uh, good goals against average, good save percentage. Um, I I don't really worry about shots either. Like the two that I try and win are save percentage. um, And sorry, yeah, shots. So um, I I just like to get goys that get, you know, on good defensive teams. So that all said, I usually run with two just because I like to focus more on my skaters. Um, I just, I find their eat, like, you know, we all know zero G, but like even before I knew about zero G, like the skaters are easier, easier to predict. When you're streaming a goalie in, even at zero G, like with a good matchup, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it doesn't matter and it sucks. You know, it's just going to frustrate you. Right. So I think you have a better chance of predicting skaters. So to me personally, I'd rather roll with two and get, pick up that skater.
0: Yep. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, Obviously, depending on your settings, you know, it can be really valuable in some leagues to have goalies. Um, So I wouldn't say this unilaterally. Um, It does depend on the league. If you happen to be in a spot where you have three great goalies and they're all performing well, then I'm not going to sit here and say that you absolutely have to, you know, get rid of them and... uh, (laughs) Go with zero get game him out of my at sight, this point in this, yeah, at this point in the season, just because of that, uh, definitely not something that I'm going to tell people to do, but I would say Ottinger in particular has not performed all that well over the last mm-hmm. little bit. Um, so if there is one that you're thinking about getting rid of, then that would be the one for me. Um, and yeah, it's really about. If you need those light days, this might not be the week to do it. As we mentioned, there's a lot of heavy nights. There's not a lot of teams that are playing off days, not a lot of teams playing multiple off days. So it may be actually pretty hard to get streamers in on those light days. So it's definitely conditional um, as most things are. But if you are looking to drop one, I drop Otter. In general, I don't like to roster three goalies consistently. I'd rather kind of vary between two and three in a lot of leagues throughout the year. yeah, and some points setups even go down to one at some points. Um, that's definitely an option in some setups. So um, that's my general philosophy on it. And so in this particular week, it really depends on what you can actually expect to get out of your skaters. Uh, if you're going to get tons of games out of adding a skater, then it's probably worth it. If you're not, and you then you might just want to stick with what you got and um, stick with three volume goalies on good teams. So it's not a bad place to be in by any stretch. All right, another guy that I want to talk about is Morgan Frost. Now, this is a pretty interesting one, Um, one that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. Six points in his last five games, including four goals. 17 minutes just about average time on ice through here. Any thoughts on Morgan Frost? Like, This is a guy who was a... He was a prospect that was on the radar, right? Um, Definitely people knew his name. There was some hype in Philadelphia about this guy and him potentially fulfilling a top six role for them down the road. Is this just that coming to fruition at this point in the season, or is it really just, you know, it's Philadelphia playing out the strings, so they're playing their young guys and seeing what they got, and
1: he's happening to get hot. What's your take here, Blake? Yeah. Well, first off, he has a badass name, Morgan Frost. This sounds like, uh, like a supervillain's name, you know, when he's, when he's just, you know, being a regular guy, right? Morgan Frost. And then he turns into the tinkly winkly man. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where I'm going with that, but uh, sweet name, buddy. Um, and yeah, I like the player too, actually. Like um, we've, I think for the last couple of weeks, um, we've been talking about Philly players, you know, guys like Owen Tippett, Joel Farabee. And this guy's riding shotgun with those guys, right? He's, I think he's on the line with uh, Tippett anyway. Um, And Tippett is putting up some amazing advanced stats. Um, Like he's looked really good. He's getting a ton of deployment and, and Morgan Frost is centering that line. So um, I do like that. And, you know, 41 points in 75 games this year. Like obviously with, you know, 10 points in his last eight games that that's kind of bolstering those numbers, but this, this guy could be a player for them next year. I think, um, this, this shows, well, you know, he's, I'd like to see him shoot a little more, but he's got 82 hits in 75 games too. So that's, that's reasonable, right? This could be like a, a late round flyer guy next year, especially in cats leagues, but it it all depends on, on where they're going to deploy him. Right. But right now he's getting some very good deployment. Um, is he getting top power play too? I was just going to check here. I think he's probably yeah, he's on oh, the top man, power play there. Me. So yeah. yeah, yeah, they have uh, Konechny's obviously came back, uh, come back there for Philly, which is awesome for me. in, in like my only points league, I've got uh, Konechny mm-hmm. back. He got two goals in two games. Thank you, my guy. Um, But yeah, um, I, I like the player, and I like that they're deploying him this way. It's I, I just to be honest, Philly kind of scares me um, with. You know torts like did you read this thing about torts going up to the to the press box to watch the game from up there so we can get a better point of view and like <laughs> what the hell are they doing in there like you know like yeah. Tortore- tortorella just a just a complete moron like let's just be real like the guy sucks um you know so th- there's a lot I-, I don't think he'll be there next year so what we're seeing from morgan frost and this great deployment and owen tippett's great deployment and you know what's it going to be next year? Are we going to have a new coach? And then this guy's going to have to prove himself again. So I don't know, long story short, I do like Morgan Frost. I think he's a good player. They have six games, you know, here for, for week 25. And again, um, this is a Morgan Frost is a guy you could pick up maybe on the back half of the first week in Week 25 because he has the Sunday um, off night. Unfortunately, it's against Boston, so hopefully plus minus plus minus isn't a category for you because you're going to get you're going to get crushed. But you know he can do some stuff, so yeah, I like the player. I'm keeping my eye on him for sure. And I think if you're rostering guys like Owen Tippett and Joel Farabee, you should be rostering guys like Morgan Frost.
0: Yep, yeah, I do like Morgan Frost a little bit. Um, definitely. Somebody that's popped up for me in a few spots, up to almost 19 minutes average time on ice, the last little bit. That's obviously something you're interested in. It's, yeah, it's again, it's about the schedule, where you're going to fit them in. Uh, If you're looking to pick them up, it's going to be tough. So um, there may or may not be a spot for them in your lineup just based on schedule alone. There may be somebody else that you have to go with just because Morgan Frost is not a guy who's going to make your lineup this time of year. And definitely if you get into the second part of the week 25 matchup that we have here, the second week is not good for Philadelphia. So it's not somebody that you're going to be hanging on to for a long time there. So yeah, Morgan Frost, somebody I think definitely has a future. He looks to me like he's taken a legitimate step this year. Somebody that I'm definitely interested in for next year. Uh, we'll see obviously what the Flyers do in the off season and how that affects his projection, you know, where he might slot into the lineup moving forward. But I do think that this is a player on the upswing you know, we talked about middle step before as taking a step back this year and uh, being a little bit disappointing, given his billing as a uh, top prospect. But Frost to me has taken a step forward this year and uh, it's looking better for him overall, the individual scoring chances coming up this year in particular. and that's given me some hope. So I think that's definitely a player to pack away for next year, maybe not so much a player that we're going to be rostering here at the end of the season. the tinkly
1: winkly man. <laughs> the
0: tinkly wankly man. Uh, last one here that I want to get in on performing well is Jacob Vrana. Yep. So, Vrana is somebody that uh, I've been campaigning for pretty much since the trade, um, that brought him over to St. Louis. It's he's got three goals, one assist for four points in his last five games. Definitely the underlying stats still looking terrific for him, 35th in shots per 60, 15th in individual scoring chances for per 60 over the last five games, so that's a really nice spot for him to be in uh, in terms of the underlying stats, and definitely he's done nothing but perform since arriving in St. Louis. Now, is Rana somebody that we're interested in for the rest of the season? If he's still out there hanging around, or is this the point where, you know, again, it's another heavy night bonanza with Mm -hmm, this team, with St. Louis. Is he shown enough to this point? Like, he's got 10 goals in 20 games on the season at this point, right? Uh, That's impressive stuff, and that's hard to find on the waiver wire this time of year. But again, all heavy nights looking at it right now for this upcoming week. Is that something you're still interested in?
1: Oh it's tough cuz yeah um I've got I got on the Verona train a little late but I got on and now I'm now I'm hooked this guy's awesome um yeah I picked him up in two spots and he's done nothing but produce right with limited minutes like 50 I mean not limited but like 15 minutes you know and he's still out yep. there he's getting only power play 2 he's playing with uh Braden Shen I think and Brandon Saad um or not even now I think he's even further down yeah. the lineup so but he's such a beauty. This guy shoots. He shoots his brains. Uh, that sounds terrible. But he shoots the puck like a crazy man. So I love that. Um, yeah, I don't know if you fit him in, though. Like, it's it's this is such a brutal week for streaming. Like, the heavy nights are just insane. Like, you're definitely not getting me on Saturday. You're probably not getting him on Thursday. Maybe the Tuesday you get Vrana, and, and then maybe you reassess. Like, I think you could probably hold Vrana for that Tuesday and try and fit him in. He's probably, be, you know better than than some of the guys in your roster there but i don't know i i it it, at that point it just becomes about deployment for me especially in category leagues it's like how who's out there the longest with the best opportunity right and even though verona's advanced statistics you know i've consistently shown out like especially since he's got traded here it's it's going to be hard to to roster him on those really heavy nights so I don't know, but great player and someone I'm definitely looking at next year. I hope he, you know, stays happy and healthy in the off season and comes back and plays a full 82 next year. Cause I want to see what this guy can do, right? Like he, he could be an absolute beauty. I think that's what we are hoping for this last season. And then, you know, he had to take some time off for the, with the player assistance program. So yeah, hopefully it's all good, but I don't know if you can hold on to him. My two cents. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it again depends on the bottom of your lineup and who you're actually getting in and getting out but i will say like as far as it goes like verona's not a bad sit start option (laughs) if you're choosing between him and somebody you've held all year there might be a chance where one of your one of your guys is going cold and verona's still doing the thing and at least the first game against philadelphia you figure he can score against those guys Uh, then the rangers and wild which are more challenging matchups but um Yeah, I wouldn't be in a hurry to drop him, but if he's towards the bottom of your lineups, considering you picked him up not that long ago, then definitely it's not a player that I feel you have to hang on to if you've already got your established studs, uh, considering that you're probably in your finals if you're listening to this advice. So, um, yeah, definitely a guy who could go either way. Somebody who's playing well right now wouldn't be in a hurry to move off him, but you can if you've already got studs at the wing position. Uh Zag says he thought Briere said that torts was gonna be a big part of the rebuild. Um I don't know if I agree with that, but I uh yeah, I just hope that's not gonna be the oh, case. Oh man. What <laughs> like that's just yeah.
1: solid management right there, Brier. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Like, oh, gee, like the tortellini weenie. What the heck, man? No, we, we can't do this. So we can't do this to the Philly fans, all right? It's it's a fun team. They got some good players over there. I actually really like Konechny. Um, You know, yeah, I think he's a beauty. And, and you know my feelings about Tony D'Angelo, all right? The, the man's a legend. I, I suggested uh, the other day that uh, Tony D'Angelo, what they should do just for him is get him a collar jersey, and then he flips the collar up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Tony D... <laughs> That's how we do. All right. Yeah. Just flip that collar up. Tony D get him a pair of glasses or tint the visor. You know what I mean? That's Tony Mm. D'Angelo in a nutshell, but they should put him as the assistant coach right there. If they're going to have torts, uh, being the rebuild, let's have Tony D'Angelo just as a player coach as well. Let's just, let's go off the rails. What are we going to (laughs) do?
0: Uh, absolutely love that. So, one thing I do want to bring up. So, I was mentioning how it looked like I was going to end up with one championship here. So, basically, since that time, which is now what 30 minutes ago that I said that, um, I was up by 40. I'm now up by less than five in this matchup. Oh my god, Dylan Larkin, a whole bunch of guys from Calgary just going off. Josh Morrissey <laughs> got a couple assists, he's got Ehlers who finally showed up with a couple of goals. Um, so yeah. It's, i'm against uh 18 skaters mark barber who writes oh for God. us here at apples and genos and his team is just absolutely going off um i shouldn't have talked about it i knew i know better than to jinx these things oh yeah and i have connor hellebuck and his shutout got broken in like the last two minutes of the game or something so that's happening live while this is oh, going man. on i'm trying not to lose my mind uh watching this happen as i'm trying to podcast but uh yeah, it's uh, it's been a slow descend into madness over here internally, at least
1: over the last little bit. This is fantasy hockey, man. What the hell? We do our best with the best information available, and then what the hell? Like, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. So, you know, I, I hope you pull it out, my guy. All right. Well, before we
0: get into performing poorly, this is usually the part where I plug the Discord, plug the Patreon. I'm going to do something a little different. I don't usually canvas for you know, ratings and reviews on the podcast here. But if you are listening to this, I have to assume you're a diehard listener to the podcast. And we've done something for you at this point to get you to this point where you're listening to a podcast about getting the win in week 25 for your fantasy championship. So if we've done that for you, if we've been any part of your fantasy success this year, I would ask that you do take a couple minutes and head over and hit that five stars for us. If you could, if you could leave us a review that's even better It really helps us get found by more people searching for Fantasy Hockey Podcasts. Uh, It's one of the biggest ways you can show appreciation for the podcast. If anything we're doing at Apples and Geno's is helpful to you, it's the biggest way you can help us out in return. So if that's you, please do that for us. We appreciate it greatly. All right, Blake, ready for performing poorly?
1: I'm ready. All right, lightning round. Let's go.
0: All right. Well, I did have Josh Morrissey in here, but then he scored two assists for uh, my opponent here. (laughs) And so I don't really want to talk about Josh Morrissey. That's right. He's Um, a lovely man.
1: Let's say that. All right. He's a good person. Let's say that.
0: Let's talk about the other guys I had here. Victor Hedman and Noah Dobson. I was going to ask, I was going to do the thing where we compare them, but maybe we'll just compare Hedman and Dobson here. So Hedman only has one goal, one point in his last five games. Dobson zero points in his last five games. These are guys that we thought would be, you know, locked in power play one top defenseman for their team all season long no doubt about it um but obviously their seasons thus far have not been what we thought they've not been terrible but not been what we thought so Hedman 51 point pace on the season and dobson 48 point pace on the season thoughts on these two and what you would do with them like Dobson, zero points. Are we talking about dropping this guy if you need to Mm. on defense, if there's somebody else out there? Um, What do we do with these two?
1: Yeah. I mean, of the two, I'm taking Headman for sure. But um, God, I have Headman on one. Again, my money league, that's my points league that goes to the end of the season. It's my only end of the season league. And uh yeah, this guy's killing me. It's just and and the truth is he's having a great season. Like, or I mean, he's got 45 points. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, you know, the guy's 91 hits, 129 blocks, like it's it's great stuff, right? But not for like a third overall pick, you know, your third pick for your team or a second pick for your team in the second round. I mean, that's the killer right there. And so headman with this season, I think, you know, you could probably get headman at value next season. Like you know, or more value anyway. he's he's going to drop way down, right there. Maybe everyone's going to go, Oh, he's off power play one, this and that. Like, you know, I bet he could do this again, you know, next season, like, you know, a 52 point pace or whatever he's on right now, like Hedman can do that. So that that's very valuable, right? But it's just killing me this year. I, 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 it obviously, it feels like he's passed the torch over to Sergachev there for the offense, at least in Tampa Bay. So, you know, it is what it is. Noah Dobson. I mean, this guy's, he's only 23 and he, he's on a 48 point pace. It's, it's not terrible, right? Again, mm-hmm. it comes down to defensemen. It's like, what are you expecting? Right? Noah Dobson. One thing he does really well is shoot. He shoots like 2.7 yep. shots a game. I like that. He's just cold, you know, and he's not, he's, he's getting deployed less than he was last year too. So. I don't know the Islanders. You lose a guy like Matt Barzell. It just felt felt like the wheels fell off the the Islanders' season at that point, and and no one could get it going except for Brock Nelson, the the grumpiest man on earth. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, the Islanders, especially, they got a really garbage schedule um, coming up here. So I think yeah, you could you could drop Dobson happily. You could find somebody like, you know, we were going to talk about Jake Sanderson. I'm not sure if we still are, but like, I take Jake Sanderson over Dobson in a heartbeat, like get, you know, well, actually they only play five games. My goodness. Um, but yeah, like get players like that guys that are on the waiver wire. There's other guys I would take over Dobson for sure. Whereas Victor Hedman, I um, use my rider down. I'm, I'm going to the end. I'm going down with the ship. Victor Hedman, thank you for your service. He's probably going <laughs> to pop off in the playoffs and just crush the Leafs again. I don't even know what's going to happen, but yeah, the guy's a beauty, just not a 70 point beauty this season. Unfortunately. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. Um, it really depends, to me again, who you're dropping, who you're dropping Dobson for. Mm-hmm. I do think it's fair. He only has two games in this first part of the week, and he doesn't play till Thursday. So you got right. three days that you're just going to be sitting on your hands with Dobson, and then yep. you're hoping that he turns it around after that. Like, uh, it's pretty tough to do, especially given the recent stretch of futility. And it's a weird team, like with the Islanders, yeah. like Horvat yeah. has been doing nothing as of late as well so there's a whole stretch of just like I don't know what's going on with this team so yeah it's really tough to figure out what you won't really want to do with Dobson it depends what you're going to get if you're going to get more games if you're going to get four games versus the two games out of a defenseman that you can pick up then I think that's a no-brainer yep. Um, I would definitely do that if it's three games, then it really depends on the defenseman. If you can really think that three games of some random defenseman you can pick up on the waiver wire is going to be better than Dobson, then maybe, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely much more on a case-by-case basis if, if you're looking at three versus two uh, for this week at least. So that's, I guess, my take there. Hedman, yeah, I'm agreed. You're hanging on to Hedman. I, I can't let him go. It's a great team, great offensive yeah. team. Um, the only... Problem might be if they decide to start resting players, which Shut is a possibility. Yeah. Um, but overall, I don't think I can drop Hedman at least not yet. Um, I'd let him get into this stretch of games he's got this upcoming week before I make that decision. Another guy from Tampa Bay that I want to talk about though is Brandon Hagel, who's also zero points in his last five games. Hagel obviously been a guy that we've. Um, had to roster basically, it yep. was a waiver wire pickup, got elevated to the top line. And but as long as you're playing with Kutrav and point, you have value in pretty much any fantasy league. And Hagel, for to his credit, did a lot of good there. Not a guy who's ever really popped on the underlying stats, but definitely a guy who can, uh, who can play on a top line. And um, that's a valuable skill in and of itself, yep. is being able to play along superstars and put up points when you're there. Not everybody can do that. So it's definitely a guy who's valuable when he's in that spot, not so valuable when he's not in that spot. As of late, he's been playing with Ross Colton and Nick Paul, which is obviously a little less interesting for us, not on the top power play, which is also not super interesting for us. Thoughts on Brandon Hagel? Have we
1: met the end of the road here? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a a nice run, right? But Brandon Hagel's giving us bagels. We can't do that, all right? You can't take (laughs) zeros. In the playoffs, all right? And if he's – Brandon Hagel, even on line two. Like I think we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. It was like Anthony Bavillier or Hagel. Like I I thought still like, you know, Hagel was reasonable at that point. He was on a hot streak. And I think he popped off for Hattie after that. And then it was curtains. It was like lights out on the offense for Brandon Hagel. So, you know, that's fine. Uh, Brandon Hagel on the first or second line, I'm still maybe interested in. with On the third line there, no. I think we, we got to get off him. Zero points in his last seven. It's not trending in the right direction. Obviously, his ice time is way down. Like part of the reason I liked him before is because even on that second line, he was still getting like 19 to 20 minutes a night. Right now, his last few games, 16 minutes, 15 minutes, 14 minutes, right? It's not going in the right direction. So um, great season for Brandon Hagel. I think this is a player uh, better in real life than in fantasy. I think he's going to be an important piece for them. That line, if he stays on that line, is going to be important for them in the playoffs. That third line, those guys have have done well. And Hagel himself has done well in the playoffs. So it's just, you know, you can't can't roster a guy like this right now, unfortunately, right? There's better guys out there. You know, Varana is a billion times better than Brandon Hagel, you know, and I think they play the same amount of games or roughly. So yeah. See you later, buddy. Get the garbage out of here.
0: Yeah, pretty much agree on Hegel. I think he's met the end of the road. Yeah, definitely fits the mold of a guy who can play well on the top line when he's given the opportunity. He can definitely uh, be that guy who people bounce pucks in off of and uh, do a little bit on his own. Um, but definitely not somebody that I'm interested in once he gets moved down the lineup again. So, in his current spot, I have pretty much no interest in Hagel, and I would drop him for, yeah, pretty much anybody else who's going to make my lineup.
1: So sad. Uh, yeah, it is a little just, bit sad just, when you yeah, it is waiver bad, wire yeah. guys, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh contribute
0: God, it all God. year, and then you end up getting to the finals, and that's a drop. Yeah, yeah. we need like a
1: sad if trombone sound drop here on the, yeah. the Geos <laughs> podcast. Womp, <laughs> womp, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brandon Hale. <hey>
0: <laughs> Uh, we might need that for another one of these guys here, which is Wyatt Johnson. So, Johnson's been a guy I brought him up here just mm-hmm. because it's somebody that I'm interested in, um, beyond this season a little bit. Somebody who had a huge breakout season in junior last year and then went straight to the league this year and is playing quite well. Uh, pretty impressive stuff, actually. He's You know, 23 goal, 39 point pace on the year. That's pretty good for a rookie, right? And he's actually really been coming on the last little bit as well, which gives me some interest. But it looks like, despite his best efforts, the time on ice is starting to peel off here. Um, and the underlying stats have as well. So I think this is kind of the end for Wyatt Johnson, but I did want to bring him up one last time uh, on the season just to underline like a rookie season for a player who is never getting mode deployment in Dallas. He was always behind a lot of people playing third line minutes for most of the year still had a very very nice rookie season very quietly I think I don't think a lot of people are super in on Wyatt Johnson but this is definitely a player that I'm going to be looking at as potential for a big time breakout next year Um, so I just wanted to bring him up for that point I don't think anybody's really looking at Wyatt Johnson at the current moment for next week or anything like that Uh, it's just really a player that I wanted to bring up and tell people to stash in the back of their minds for next year because I'm pretty bullish about him for next year
1: okay i got a situation for you you got yeah. your your there's wyatt johnson is they're both wyatt johnson and brandon hagel fell into a pit all right you got wyatt johnson <laughs> in your right hand you got brandon hagel in your left hand who are you letting go you can only hold one what are you doing
0: I would let Brandon Hagel go. I think.
1: he's oh a Better hockey player. Oh, that's he's. You know what, Nate? He likes to think towards the future. All right, he's a he's a big picture guy. I'm instant gratification. I'm saying, Wyatt Johnson, get the hell out of my sight. Um, <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah. Th- this guy's pretty nice. He's 19. So I think when you, when you got a guy this young, it's, you know, they lose a little bit of steam at the end of the season, right? It's, it's Dallas has lost some steam, you know, big time. Right. So, I mean, it just makes sense that the the players that were getting them there are losing steam as well. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's a great rookie season. What, what was it in particular that, that Wyatt Johnson really, Johnston really sort of gave to you? Like even, was it advanced statistics that like, what was he showing out uh, mostly in
0: Yep, advanced statistics first, and then he did have a pretty good stretch of play uh, where he is close to a point per game for mm. almost 10 games, and the advanced stats were still good there. Right. He's tailed off a little bit here in the last, yeah, five to seven games, I think. Um, but yeah, when I'm looking at a rookie like this, I have basically no expectations for rookies. I The one guy that I think about this uh, with was Drake Batherson, and Batherson's mm. rookie season uh, he had he went through stretches like this, very similar stretches where he, for like 10 games he was on and the advanced stats looked really good and the, he was actually getting some points too. It wasn't just, you know, advanced stats and he couldn't actually put the puck in the net. He was actually getting some points and Batherson did this kind of on again, off again thing. For Johnston to do it in the second half of the season where you kind of expect that a guy might take some time to get into it in his rookie season, plays his way up the lineup, starts to score some points starts to get a few more minutes and then yeah goes through a prolonged stretch where he's doing really good on the underlying stats i never expect rookies to really do terrific on underlying stats for the entire season um but for him to have a solid stretch like that really caught my attention and i do think this is a guy like they're going to be open to somebody taking the reins like this as a second line center um in behind Ropa Hints there in Dallas, I think. And so I think Johnston is a guy who can fulfill that role, maybe even work his way onto the top power play. You know, they have some aging veterans there in Dallas who are going to come off that power play in the not too distant future. could be as soon as next year. You never know. I think Johnston just has all the potential in the world. So um, late round stash or potential guy to keep on your watch list for waiver wires early next year, Um, whatever the case may be. I think Johnston is that guy. There you go. All right, let's keep going. So I had Anze Kopitar on this list, but I'm checking stats as we go here, and Kopitar is a pair of assists here tonight. So I don't know. Is this just what we expect from Kopitar? He goes through these kind of cold stretches just because he's not really a shot producer. Um, he's getting tons of minutes still, 21 minutes a night. You know what kind of deployment he's going to get, um, but is this just what we expect from Kopitar? We hang on to him because he's Anze Kopitar and we take the good with the bad, or are you... A little bit worried that, you know, there haven't been any goals of late. And it's really just been a few assists.
1: Ah, it's Kopitar is so consistent. It's insane. Like, you know, just looking at his, his season numbers here. Like, he's on a 71-point pace again this year. So, he got seven, 67 points last year. He, his ADP was higher than Rupe Hints. All right, what the the hell is this? And then he's on. He's got sixty-seven points already this season with with more goals, right? His his shooting percentage is higher, obviously, but uh, you know he's not shooting very much, as he said, only two shots, and I don't think that's coming back, right? You know, moving forward, Mm -hmm. Kopitar, this is this is probably more the player he is, but he's he's just adjusting, right? He's you know he he's and plus L.A. getting Fiala in there, like. Um, makes a huge difference and then guys like Sean Dursey and and Trevor Moore and like some of those those second third line guys like that there's there's some good players there in LA. I like that team and I think, you know, Kopitar's probably getting the benefit of playing with better players maybe than he had last season. But yeah, he he's on the 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 downturn for sure. I think I mean, coming up, what what is LA's schedule? It's kind of It's not great. I mean, five games over the, so yeah, I think Kopitar's on the bubble for sure. And I think he's center only. So, you know, I I wouldn't hesitate to drop Kopitar. No question like this. No one's out there going like, oh my God, someone dropped Kopitar. I got to pick him up. Right. So I think if you could drop him and and potentially get him in for a game if you need him, but yeah, he's, he's on the bubble. Definitely could be a drop. No problem. But again, another nice season. He's probably going to get 70 points. That's nuts.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't have a huge take on Kopitar either. I think this is what you expect. His underlying stats have never been really good all season long. He's just been pretty efficient. um, Probably a little too efficient in my estimation. And so next year I might expect that he takes a little bit of a a nosedive, especially from a shooting percentage perspective. So um, that would be my take on Kopitar moving forward for this week. Yeah. If, if you got somebody out there, if Kopitar, because of his center only, is going to ride the bench for you a little bit, then I wouldn't hesitate to drop him. But I do think, like, yeah, that 60 to 70 point pace, that's the player he is. Um, and that's what you can expect for the last little bit here. A couple more guys that I do want to get into for a second uh, Frank Vitrano and Mason McTavish. Now, Vitrano is actually playing pretty well tonight. Let me pull that box score back up.
1: Lights out.
0: So Frank Vitrano has two goals and one assist. I had him been performing poorly because he had only put together what was it <laughs> uh, one goal in his last four games prior to tonight, uh, but now two goals and one assist tonight against the Calgary Flames. So Vetrano obviously of interest. The Ducks have one of the more obvious streaming schedules this week. Mm. They play three games but actually have two off nights. They're the only team with two off nights in the upcoming week. Um calendar week that is uh, not the week 25 matchup overall so definitely the anaheim players make sense for a stream for this first part of the matchup Um, mctavish obviously the other guy that we've been in on at various points throughout the season between the two who are you taking is it obviously vitrano now that he's had this big game here while we're podcasting live
1: well that's just very convenient but i was (laughs) gonna say frank vitrano all right my man big frankie Um, yeah, I've, I've talked about this guy lots and I don't know if you've noticed this too, when you do your, your streaming uh, stuff or your, your, your waiver shows, but it's always Anaheim with the best schedule. It's bizarre. I feel like I've talked about Cam Fowler for like, you know, probably (laughs) in 10, you know, 10 times and yeah, Frank Vitrano too. is like, yeah, you can pick up Frank Vitrano. Well, hell yeah. You can pick up Frank Vitrano, two goals and assist. Um, this, this guy's advanced stats aren't too bad. I mean, Um, yeah, I mean, he, he puts a lot of shots on net, so that's great. Um, one thing about Vitrano, you know, historically is that he wasn't getting a lot of minutes, but now he's getting some minutes. Okay. This is what we want to see, right? Um, yeah, I, I I like the player. I actually, I would definitely go Vitrano over McTavish, um, you know, in a, um, in a points league for sure. And actually, what am I talking about? This guy hits and blocks as well. So yeah, Frankie Vitrano. Welcome to the club. Oh, welcome to the big show, my man. That's your waiver wire ad for week 25, Frank Vitrano. Um, I do obviously. Anaheim does have that great schedule. You, I, I think it's really key for your strategy. You know, um, pick up one of these players on Monday that play the back to back, and then move on to an Anaheim player. Pick up big Frankie. All right. Get this guy in your roster and hold him until Sunday and then say thank you for your service, all right? Because uh yeah, there's, there's better better players you can get for that second half, but I like the player a lot and I like Mason McTavish too. I think you know, they're doing this on Anaheim. This is this is like an AHL team and it pretty much has been all season, right? So, um, you know, they're just getting thrown to the Wolves and they're doing all right. I mean, McTavish has 42 points, you know, in th- this season. That that's pretty nice. I mean, I expect him, you know, probably more in the 50, 55 point, maybe 60 range next season you know depending on his deployment but yeah i i like the player obviously we've seen he, you know he can perform when he gets sort of a major role like that if you watch the world juniors so yeah good players i would pick vitrano there over mctavish i don't know what do you think
0: yeah yeah i would pick vitrano as well just a little bit better on the underlying stats and obviously netted a couple goals here which gives him a little bit of a uh, maybe a confidence boost. Maybe that's a little narrative, too narrative-y for you, but you uh, <laughs> could go that route. Uh, McTavish does have power play one over Vitrano who's on power play two, so you can say that. But Vitrano's playing with Segris and Ryan Strom, the clear top line at even strength. Yep. So um, that to me is just as valuable, if not more valuable. So overall, I think I'm with you. It's Vitrano for me for this week as the prime pickup if you need those off nights. Um, Yeah, getting those off nights, it does also just take away uh, skater spot from those Tuesday and Thursday heavy nights. So it might open you up to being able to get people in on especially the Tuesday, I think is the lighter night. Mm, Yeah, uh, 11 games on heavy nights. So um, if that does anything for you on that regard, that's better as well. So Overall, I think that's the play. Yeah, Vetrano shots for 60 ranked over the last little bit, 25th in the league. So that's obviously really nice. He's feeling it, getting the shots off. They're starting to go in as of tonight. So that's a good sign. Overall, I think Vetrano is probably one of the better options you can have out there. I will say with McTavish, another guy that I'm pretty interested in for next year, Mm -hmm. uh, eight shots per 60 on the season, but instantly put into top power play um, pretty much all season, actually, and definitely showed that he can hang in the league Um, before he takes the next step. I think Anaheim as a team just needs to really get better, but they do have help on the way. There's a lot of prospects in their system that we can be looking at uh, that'll be able to do something moving forward. Like if you look at McTavish's uh, shots per 60, individual scoring chances for per 60, they're not that far off what Tim Stutzla was looking like uh, in his first couple of years in the league before obviously having a huge breakout this year and taking that next step. So I'm not saying obviously that you can draw Dang, that Hot take comparison. right there. Okay. Yeah. It's not a direct comparison, yeah, okay. but both both McTavish and Stutzla, I believe are both third overall picks in their respective yeah. draft years. So um you know, both have huge pedigrees behind their name. It really just took the Ottawa Senators as a team really taking off this year for Stutzla to really take off as well. So you could see a similar trajectory for McTavish, and I'm still bullish on McTavish overall. Just... I think maybe some people were probably expecting McTavish, myself included, expecting that McTavish could have taken a big step this second half of this year. He didn't really do that, but it's not like his underlying stats just fell off a cliff. I just think that for a rookie in the league, it was too much in Anaheim, the, how terrible this team was for yeah, him to really take team. the next step. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty bullish on McTavish still uh, overall if this... This, uh, in like a dynasty format or something, if people are off of McTavish, um, because of this season, they definitely should not be. Uh, this is definitely a player with an upward trajectory and somebody that I'm pretty excited about moving forward. All right. Well, that's all we got for this episode. Hopefully it brought you some value. Helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from natural stat trick, which is a terrific free resource. Many thanks to the band. there there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be for sure to check out their Spotify as well. One last check on my matchup. We are down to less than four points separating us now oh, I as I wait it. for this, these two games ongoing right now, both halfway through the third period. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be sweating it out till the end here, folks. Uh, If you want to hear how it goes, get in the Apples and Geno's Discord link in the show description. And I'm sure uh, I'll let everybody know uh, because I'm sure Mark, uh, 18 skaters, will be in there uh, touting his win if he does get it over me at the last second here. So uh, all the best. That's it, folks. Much love.